A big welcome to the Beat Ballers Fantasy League here. We got another episode of the PMC Podcast. CP and MC coming at you. Chris, what's going on tonight? Uh, feeling good, Matt. Ready to go here. We're we're a few days away here from from the start of the season, and I'm you know I don't know if I'm excited, relieved, uh, you know, just kind of ready to just get this going here. All of our takes are going to come true per usual. Um, you know, I don't think any of us has been wrong yet, so that's a good thing. You know, uh, it's 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 uh, it's again. I I don't even know what to feel. A couple days here. It's it's not like Christmas. Uh, I think I'm going to try and watch as little football as possible this year. That's where I'm coming down right now. Yeah, I think I'm feeling nervous, Chris. I mean, I, we've got we've got a lot of leagues going this year, um, but you're absolutely right. I think there's maybe like five or six players total that we don't own. Um, so it's kind of like if somebody scores, we're kind of happy. We're kind of sad. So I think the bottom line is we don't have to watch anything until Monday night. See what our see what matchups are alive. See what we need. See what we don't need. So uh, I'm I'm feeling nerves right now, Chris. But I'll, I'll tell you what I am ready for Thursday. Can't wait. Uh, but we got a redraft league that's fresh, hot off the press. This thing was completed about three hours ago, Chris. Um, and, and they've got this team's been going or this league's been going on since 2001. And uh, I pressed Tom a little bit tonight to figure out the name of the league, and he shared with me that it was called the the Beat Ballers League, uh, and, and he asked for no judgment since they were uh, 14 years old when they created it, but this is a league exclusively of uh, West Hartford guys, and they came up with Beat Ballers given that Hartford uh, is known as the heartbeat. Uh, can you draw the connection there? I mean, are you connecting the dots here? I am not connecting the dots. They're from West Hartford, uh, not Hartford, which I guess kind of has that nickname. I guess that's a thing. Is that a th- that is a thing, right? That's a nickname, the heartbeat. I mean, it, it I, is. I definitely don't get it, but I mean, geez. And and they're from the Hall side of West Hartford, which is the farthest thing from Hartford. <laughs> uh geographically and everything else. So um, I think it's time for a name change here. But uh, speaking of changes, Chris, this team, or excuse me, this league still has kickers and defense. I mean, we've dabbled in in the redrafts here recently that's had either neither uh, or one or the other, not two. Would you say that this league is stuck in the Stone Age or or are you on board with this? No, this is this is a horrible decision. Just get rid of kickers. Defense, I could live with. Uh, you know, I don't like defense either. But you know, I mean, I mean, just get rid of kickers. What are we doing here? I mean, it's just this. Who wants to pay money for a fantasy league and have their week ruined by some dopey kicker, either you know nailing five field goals or missing four field goals and costing you the game? I mean, it's just who? How is that fun? That is not fun. It's it's anti-American is what it is. I mean, it's 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 simply unpatriotic here on this Labor Day, my Labor Day, um, you know, to have kickers in your league. You have to get rid of it. Just a disaster. Yes. Put it to vote again. I know you guys just put it to vote about six hours ago and it passed in a landslide to keep the kickers. Uh, I say vote again right now uh, and try to get rid of them because, you know, having both is just a disaster. And you said it perfectly. You know, weekends can be ruined by a kicker. And, you know, 
who wants to go out and be excited that they drafted Justin Tucker just because he can hit a 60-yard field goal? For me, it's you know it's about as unfantasy league as possible here, but whatever. Uh, we will not be addressing the kickers because it's a crapshoot, and I don't want that to plague any of our accurate power rankings tonight, Chris. Well, well, it's just awful. I mean, you're sitting there rooting for field goals the entire time. We're supposed to be rooting for touchdowns. Instead, you're rooting for field goals. It's It's just... Ah, it's just miserable. Let's move on. All right, Chris, let's uh, let's break it down. What we're going to do for you tonight is uh, go through projected starting lineups and mention any depth pieces. I'm in charge of the power rankings tonight, so that means that they're going to be spot on and true. Uh, and then if we see any trades that might be relevant and, and useful to a team, uh, we might mention that. Um, although in redrafts, a little bit more difficult because you're just not working with as much assets as you are in a typical dynasty league. But we will mention a trade here or there. Uh, and Chris is going to have his eye on the draft board the entire time to figure out, you know, where did things possibly go wrong or, you know, how did things go so well for a team? And, and again, there's been a theme throughout our uh, redraft analysis over the past couple of weeks here. uh, And we'll see if it rings true tonight. And certainly if it does, we will mention that. So I'm ready to get going. Chris, hit me with the first lineup, please. Yeah, here we go. First up, we've got Kenya. Starting Carson Wentz, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, Delaney Walker, D.D. Westbrook, and Sony Michelle. Depth pieces of Mark Andrews and Michael Gallup. Yeah, I've got this team ranked sixth here, Chris, uh, kind of right in the middle. I think they are playoff bound, uh, mostly on the back of their top half here. Saquon, uh, Leonard Fournette, Adam Thielen. Uh, but I don't have them higher here because of a couple of question marks here. Uh, you know, D.D. Westbrook. Uh, kind of polarizing guy right now. The the truthers, the guy that have him rostered, love him, think he's going to be the number one, think that Foles is going to be, uh, you know, the big dick Nick of old and just slinging it all over the place, especially to to Westbrook here. I'm not necessarily seeing that. I'm seeing a run-heavy offense here. Um, You know, and he has Fournette on the team as well here. So I think his upside is limited a little bit. I can't see Westbrook and Fournette having a, both having a big day. So I think that limits him. Uh, one thing I do like is the fact that he's got three pretty good uh, running backs here. Right? I'll say three very good running backs here. You know, that's the type of depth that not a lot of these teams have. So I think that's the anchor here. I've got this team in the playoffs, and it's I'm uh, pretty confident he'll be there. Yeah, you know, this this team had a pretty solid draft here to start. You know, he goes Saquon, Fournette, Thielen, Cup, and, and Sony Michelle to start right off the bat. To me, that's a really strong five uh, in a redraft league to get that. You know, he's got, you know, a, an anchor wide receiver in Adam Thielen, a good solid uh, floor receiver in Cooper Cup. Um, and then he grabs Sony Michelle at a price that I'm very comfortable with. But then he comes back with Carson Wentz, um, you know, ahead of some position players here. And, and I just don't like that pick. I mean, you, I think you. Can you know there there were some quarterbacks coming off the board there, um, you know, but to me that's just not a, a pick I'm I'm interested in. You know, he goes uh, Carson Wentz, D.D. Westbrook back to back instead of maybe a uh, you know a Christian Kirk and a D.D. Westbrook, uh, which would have looked a lot better, I think. A Curtis Samuel and a D.D. Westbrook, um, you know, if you want to take D.D. Westbrook there, which I think that's a touch of a reach there, going ahead of Kirk and Curtis Samuel and uh, you know Latavius Murray, Tevin Coleman, um, you know, so you know I, those two picks there are kind of where things went off the rails a little bit, but you know overall I think this team is pretty solid here. Um, he's fine at tight end. He's fine at at wide receiver, and he's 
Michigan's really strong at running back here. So, you know, despite kind of that misstep there in those middle rounds, uh, you know, I think he did pretty well here. I, I don't know that he's, I think, as you said, I don't think he has the the complete and total upside, uh, you know, to to really be a title contender. But, you know, he's going to be tough to beat on a week-to-week basis. I think he has a very high floor. Um, you know, and with redraft especially, it's really kind of all about getting that key uh, free agent pickup as well. And this team is one of those teams that has to be on the lookout for that breakout wide receiver, I think, here, just to provide himself a little depth on the back end. Yeah, the depth is definitely a problem here. You know, uh, very little bit here on the bench, just a couple of guys, and even the guys that he's got there aren't exactly uh, guys you're going to love throwing into a lineup. But, you know, we're already seeing that. Um, you know, the, the thing that I was talking about a couple minutes ago here is taking a quarterback too early. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of quarterbacks that went after Wentz here, and I'm talking about rounds later. I mean, uh, Delach takes Russell Wilson here in the 12th. I mean, do you really want it? Do you think Carson Wentz is five rounds better than Russell Wilson? Uh, I don't think there's anybody in the world who would think that. Um, you know, and there's just examples throughout here. Cam Newton, Drew Brees, to name a couple here. Even Phillip Rivers in the 14th here by BMAC. Um, so, I just can't get on board with taking a quarterback that early, especially a guy like Carson Wentz who hasn't finished the season yet. Um, so I just can't justify that there. And like you said, there's plenty of position players right there that probably gives them a little bit better depth and then just wait on quarterback. It's that simple. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially when you have a premium guy like like Russell Wilson there. I mean, Cam Newton went in the 11th. I mean, I'd, I'd happily take those guys, you know, in, in their round as opposed to Carson Wentz in the 7th there. Matt, next up we've got Justin starting a lineup of Aaron Rodgers, Christian McCaffrey, Damian Williams, Chris Godwin, Jarvis Landry, Eric Ebron, James Washington, and James White. Depth piece of Jared Goff and Melvin Gordon. Boy, Matt. Every Melvin Gordon team we've seen in the last, you know, few weeks uh, in redraft has gotten a very low ranking here. They haven't been able to recover. Matt, where do you got these guys? I've got this team ranked 10th, Chris. I originally had them a little bit lower than this, actually, but uh, he was kind of saved by a couple of teams that are on the back end here, not to give uh, away the future here. But, um, you know, throw Melvin Gordon into this and it's immediate playoff team and a legitimate contender. But I got to be honest with you, Chris, the news over the past couple of days about Melvin Gordon is not exactly giving me the warm and fuzzies. And, you know, he swung and missed. He wasn't able to get Austin Eckler here as the, as the ultimate handcuff here to Melvin Gordon, that insurance piece. Um, but listen, he's got Rogers, Christian McCaffrey, uh, at the top here, you know, Damian Williams seems to be taking a little bit of a hit right now. I think he's going to be okay. I'm not overly concerned there, um, but, it, you know, he's definitely going to lose some touches. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, wide receivers here, he doesn't really have the hammer. I know a ton of people are high on Chris Godwin here, but rolling him out as you're locked in wide receiver one isn't exactly going to, you know, blow the doors off here. Then he's got James Washington and James White on the back here. So, uh, listen, the, the ranking could have been a little bit lower, but I think the top end here is going to kind of lift it up a little bit. And it's the top end that's a little bit better than 11 and 12 here that, um, you know, that kind of saved them here. But this team is not good. All right, Matt, let's play a little game here. T- tell me, you know, if you would take Melvin Gordon ahead of any of these guys. Devontae Freeman. No. on Johnson. Absolutely not. Chris Carson. No. Josh Jacobs. No. Aaron Jones. No. Derrick Henry. No. Marlon Mack. No. 
All right, we're still going here. Sony Michelle. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right, so we, we are into the sixth round at this point. The next running back off the board after Michelle is Mark Ingram. I think that's maybe the line right there. That is exactly the line. Listen, Melvin Gordon's a complete stay away from me. Uh, if I could get him in like the fifth or sixth round after the the kind of the crux of my team is set, yeah, I'll gamble here. But he's an absolute stay away. He could be a redraft nightmare right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's certainly within the realm of possibility that he just sits out this entire season. Like, it is certainly in play here, or he comes back very late. Um, you know, I, it, nobody kind of knows. And and to, you know, pass on all those guys that I mentioned that are much much safer options. Um, you know, than Melvin Gordon is just is just criminal here. Um, he, he just took him way too early in the high third. I mean, I I just can't pass on those guys that I think have you know much higher floors and much higher ceilings. Um, you, you know, and just no question mark. I mean, they have they all have question marks. Don't get me wrong, but you know, there's far less uncertainty with all those guys I listed than than there is with Melvin Gordon right now. So yeah, I mean, in, in the early third there. I mean, he took him at the 26th overall pick. That's about, God, that's about 40 picks too high, I think, for me. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's tough, and it really kind of weighs down this team. Um, I mean, this team is basically gambling that Melvin Gordon comes back, you know, in in the first month of the season. Otherwise, this team is absolutely screwed. I don't see this team having a chance if Melvin Gordon doesn't come back in the first month of the season. He's going to be too far behind the eight ball. Um, you know, to, to, if Melvin Gordon comes back by like week eight, I think he's going to be too far behind the eight ball to make it up. Chris, where did Eckler go in the draft if you could find them quickly? Yeah, Austin Eckler went in the fifth uh, after Mark Ingram, right at right in that line there. So okay. yeah, he went after Sony Michelle, after Mark Ingram. He went in between Tyler Boyd and Deshaun Watson there in the fifth. All right. So uh, even that's a little bit early, but I, I mean, I think that's where where it's going right now. The, these days leading up to the season, uh, nobody's believing in Gordon right now in redraft. So. You know, that's a major misstep for me. And then they have Damian Williams as your your number two guy. I think that's a little bit of a reach, too. I know we're going to see a ton of running backs come off. He's feeling like, oh, boy, I can't uh, can't swing and miss there. But I think if he grabs just two different running backs, I think this team is easily in contention here or even goes wide receiver running back and then doesn't have to necessarily reach a little bit later here. I think DK Metcalf in the 10th is a travesty. Uh, Carlos Hyde in the 11th. I mean, this is a pretty bad draft here, Chris. It's a very bad draft. I'm surprised you didn't have him 12th, to be honest. You know, but I, I mean, listen, we'll see when we get there. This is this is not a good draft, man. I, I, DK Metcalf doesn't belong in the ninth round of a redraft league. He belongs in like the 14th. He's a, he's a guy you take with a, the very late round here. I mean, I'm looking at his 15th round pick of Tyrell Williams. I'd rather have Ty, Tyrell Williams than DK Metcalf in redraft right now. And I don't even think that's a hot take. Like, I, I would much rather have Tyrell Williams than DK Metcalf. I, I think it's just too much unknown with Metcalf. Uh, Carlos Hyde, you know, he stinks out loud. Uh, I, I'm not even <laughs> drafting him. Just forget it. Um, yeah, th- this is a, this is a tough one, Matt. We Chris, gotta move on. Chris, no, oh, no, you want to go? Okay, let's go. No, no I, I want to switch my power rankings here. I'm putting him at 12 here. Uh, I'm making the 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 decision here. I'm putting uh, Justin back at 12. That's where I had him. I chickened out. He's going back to 12, Chris. <laughs> Justin, yeah, I, you are power rank 12th now. I think that's fair. 
Uh, Matt, next up, we've got Tony here with a, with a starting lineup of Baker Mayfield, Alvin Kamara, Devontae Freeman, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, Travis Kelsey, Robbie Anderson, and Larry Fitz. No depth here, Matt. Big shout out to Tony here. Uh, he's got a brand new baby girl, Olivia. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, Tony's, uh, I don't think you've, you don't know Tony. Uh, I great, him, yeah. No, great guy. Uh, married to Tom's sister. He's uh, one of the good guys out there, uh, Chris. So, you know, big congrats out to him uh, on the birth of his daughter here. Uh, as far as his fantasy team go, he, he's not as great. Not as great here. We stuck at uh, eighth here. So kind of in the back third here. And, and I'm staring at these last two position players here, Chris, are the flex guys, Robbie Anderson and Larry Fitz. And guess what? One's a, a high ceiling guy. One's a solid floor guy, which is good I guess but you know in a, in a 12 team redraft you're just not going to love starting these guys just because I think it limits them uh, a little bit in terms of their upside you know wide receiver core he doesn't really have a wide receiver one maybe you're throwing Galladay in there I know you're throwing DJ Moore in there but you know it, it, it reads as two wide receiver twos here Devontae Freeman being the running back too there's just nothing here that makes me feel safe about having a high score on any given week here no, I mean, he's he's going to be playing chicken with these wide receivers. I mean, as much as I love DJ Moore, I think him and Kenny Galladay are both going to be fairly inconsistent. And, and Robbie Anderson might be king inconsistency here. Um, you know, I think this team is absolutely capable of spike weeks. I mean, there's no doubt about it, uh, you know, with with the, 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 you know, the talent he does have at wide receiver. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think there's enough here. Um, I actually think he did pretty well in the draft. You know, that being said, you know, Kamara at 103 is good. Um, uh, Travis Kelsey in the second round, I think where he took him, I think is actually fine. Um, you know, he took him right ahead of Damian Williams and Leonard Fournette and Adam Thielen. I, I think that is, is fine value uh, for Kelsey. You know, um, Keenan Allen was off the board. Dalvin Cook was off the board. Mike Evans is off the board. Um, so I think he was fine with that second round pick. I mean, that's a pick we usually kind of rail on. Um, but I, I think that's a fine pick there. You know, Devontae Freeman, I think, is in that tier with Carrion Johnson and Chris Carson and Josh Jacobs. You know, all those guys. So, you know, he just picked the guy he likes the best um and again i mean the, ne the next round is fine with kenny galladay and then backs it up with dj moore um you know it, again it, it's looking like the baker mayfield pick is kind of the one that kind of sent things the wrong way i think you know you, you take a position player there um instead of baker mayfield you take maybe christian kirk or curtis samuel all of a sudden you've got a, a, a higher upside um you know, a wide receiver there and you're not really starting Larry Fitz, you know, so you can push Larry Fitz to the bench and, and you're feeling a heck of a lot better. I think about that team and, and you just go back and you grab a, a, a wide receiver or a quarterback on the back end and it's much, much better here. Yeah. I mean, you know, other than that though, I actually think he had a, a solid draft for where he was and what the board looks like. Yeah, I, I can't get on board with that Kelsey pick. And I've said this a number of times about, um, you know, tight ends going this early here. Again, it just pigeonholes you with what you can do for the rest of the draft here. And, uh, you know, I think Tony feels the the pain here by having to go and, and reach for a Robbie Anderson, I think, um, you know, rather than grabbing a wide receiver there and then settling for a, you know, a tiered down tight end in a, in a league that's half PPR. I mean, how much of these tight ends going to burn you going from a Travis Kelsey to a, 
I don't know, a Jared Cook, a, you know, Evan Ingram, if we want to go a little bit higher, something like that. You know, I just, I just can't see Kelsey going that early for me. And I think that's the big problem here. But, you know, listen, I think if you told me Tony makes the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. I think it's more likely that he does than, uh, you know, finishes last or, you know, bottom two. So uh, not bad here, but I think uh, Tony's got a little work to do. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has a little work to do. I mean, he he's kind of hoping this LaShawn McCoy thing hang, uh, works out for him because that's like his basically number one piece off the bench. And and there's really not much here on the back end. I mean, Justin Jackson could be a thing maybe. Um, Willie Sneed probably not going to be a thing. Uh, Devin Funches looks to be exiled now here with, with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Um, you know, so he didn't really draft a ton of depth here. Um, he drafted TJ Hawkinson in the 10th round, um, which I think that's high, Matt. That, that's not a, that's not a pick for me there. I, I, I don't like that pick at all. No, absolutely not. I mean, I mean, Hawkinson's just a guy I think you can forget about or just, you know, take one in your last couple of rounds of position players here. You know, 10th round, uh, it's a no thank you for me. Matt, next up, we've got uh, Mike Delaccio starting Russell Wilson, James Conner, on Johnson, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Jimmy Graham, Allen Robinson, Alshon Jeffrey, and depth pieces of Devin Singletary, Tony Pollard, and Kalen Balage. All right, let's start off with the good here. He's power ranked third here, Chris, but... You know, if I could just kind of sidebar here and call Delotch out for being the fraud that he is here. I mean, you and I have tried to deal with him extensively in our neighborhood league that Delotch is a part of. <laughs> and who does he regard higher than any human being on the face of this earth? Hit me with it. Chris Godwin. And then who does he pass on <laughs> in the fourth round? True. In, this is true. In favor of T.Y. Hilton, he passes on Chris Godwin. That oh my goodness! I'm I was livid when I saw this earlier today. Uh, there's no way he should be holding people ransom for Chris Godwin going forward. I'm going to share this podcast with all of our league mates. Uh, the word is out: Delach does not think that highly of Chris Godwin. He's just trying to ride the hype train right now. I'm furious, Chris. Talk about this team, please. He's a, he's a two face. I mean, no doubt about it. Here, Matt. How about this pick at 104, taking James Conner ahead of Zeke Elliott and David Johnson? Uh, that is that is balls. Uh, and I don't like it at all. I mean, I would have just gone David Johnson uh, and called it a day there. I, I think, you know, that that's a reach for Connor. Uh, so he must be extremely high on him, obviously. Uh, but that's not a pick I like. I, I, you know, that's not a pick I'm going for here. I, I'm skipping James Connor at 104. I'm taking what the, the board has given me. I'm taking David Johnson. He's locked in. He's going to catch 100 balls this season. Just book it. Um, you know, and the rest of the draft is, is pretty good. He grabbed Keenan Allen in round two, uh, which is which is a fine spot for him. I think he was the best player on the board there. You know, I, I think he could have been tempted by Travis Kelsey there again. I know you would have disagreed with that pick, um, and that's fine. You know, you know, I think that, that there's two schools of thought there. Um, I think that would have been fine value for Kelsey, but getting Keenan Allen there, I think it's fine as well. Um, you, you know, and then he comes back smartly and grabs carry on Johnson again I think the best player on the board there but certainly in a tier with you know Carson Jacobs and Aaron Jones so you kind of just take the guy you like the best um you know T.Y. Hilton again I mean you know we're we're, we're nitpicking we're, we're poking fun a little bit but I think he's a I think he's right there with Chris Godwin right now I think it's between Hilton and Godwin I think Hilton's probably a little safer um but Godwin I think now has higher higher upside than T.Y. Hilton with Andrew Luck being gone um, he grabs Allen Robinson 
They're ahead of Calvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd, which is pretty interesting. I think that's a fairly aggressive move, um, you know, on Allen Robinson, but I don't hate it. Uh, you know, he, he just really kind of attacked the board here, you know, correctly. He waited on tight end. He waited on quarterback. I think he maybe may have waited a touch too long at tight end, though, uh, because I'm not comfortable starting Jimmy Graham. I think he's got to be streaming this position week in, week out. And that's fine. I mean, you know, he can pull that off. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to say the same thing about Graham. I'm fine kind of, uh, you know, streaming this as it goes. You know, I kind of like what he did here in the mid rounds here, seven, eight, nine, going Pollard, Singletary and Kalen Blige. His team is kind of already set at this point. And, and now we can just kind of go after uh, guys like that here. That could be huge upside, big payoffs here. You know, the Zeke news was great yesterday. All of a sudden it might take a little longer than we expected. Um, you know, the, the news wasn't exactly positive today. So, you know, Tony Pollard could be a guy that gets the latch off to a pretty hot start here. Plug him in over Allen Robinson while we see what his situation is going to be in Chicago, in my opinion. Um, and then when Zeke comes back, which I think is inevitable, uh, see who's giving you something. Is it Moncrief? Is it A-Rob? Uh, did Kalen Balazs surpass, um, you know, Kenyon Drake? Is Singletary truly the guy? So I think he navigated those mid-rounds really, really well here. Um, and for a fraudulent guy, the, the team came out pretty good, Chris. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. Matt, next up, we've got Tom here starting Patrick Mahomes, Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Calvin Ridley, Josh Gordon, Zach Ertz, Christian Kirk, Sterling Shepard, depth pieces of Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, and Anthony Miller. Tom, I've got you ranked two, my man. I, I know you uh, had higher hopes than that, but I've got you ranked two here. Um, listen, I think this team's really, really good. I think it's loaded with high upside guys here. You know, this this running back core is second to none. Uh, I'm listing Zeke as a starter here because uh, I think it, he's going to be around for better than the majority of the of the season here. So I think it's safe to say he's all right there. Um, it's the back end here uh, that's not very safe. I think it's high upside here with Kirk and Shepard. And those could be monster plays. But for me right now, I think it's just a, a little bit too. Uh, unsafe, I guess, is the right word here. But listen, the rest of the roster, I think, makes up for it. Uh, Josh Gordon, kind of, uh, I'll put him in with Kirk and Shepard as being more high upside than anything. Uh, but I think if just one of those guys blows up in a given week, then I think the you know the, the other two deficiencies may be kind of covered up here. Uh, and I think it, I think he'll be okay with this team. Matt, would you, given what you see here uh, on this roster, would you have taken Josh Gordon ahead of Alshon Jeffrey? No, I wouldn't, Chris. I think uh, you make a good point there. I think I need something that's safe here. I mean, outside the the running backs here, nothing's really safe on this team. You know, tight end, I think, is is a safe play here. But yeah, I think I go Alshon. Maybe he didn't do to the la to having Ertz already, and it limits him a little bit. But I think it just makes sense to have that sort of safety valve on your team. Yeah, you know, just, uh, it, it, but I mean, you know, that, that, that pick was before the Kirk and Sterling Shepard picks. So, you know, obviously, you know, 2020 hindsight is 2020 here, but certainly looks a little different here. You kind of balance out your roster with a little more stability. If you grabbed Alshon there instead of Gordon, uh, Matt, this is one of the few teams we've looked at, uh, you know, in our history of this show that. I think made out really well despite drafting quarterback and tight end early. We've seen some where guys take Mahomes or Ertz or Kelsey early and, and end up with a good draft. 
uh, you know, a good-looking team. But th- this is the only one I can recall that had both quarterback and tight end taken in the first four rounds and still came out looking pretty darn good. Yeah, when I skimmed over the draft when Tom sent it to me earlier, uh, that was the first thing I looked for. Is did anybody butcher it by taking it? Uh, then I see Mahomes and Ertz going early. I look up and I see Tom's name and I said, oh, no. Uh, so I, that's exactly what I texted him. I said, Tom, usually it's, you know, drafts like that that uh, that we roast on the podcast here. Uh, and then as I kept looking while I was texting him, it, I realized he, he actually did a pretty nice job here. High upside. I mean, grabbing Zeke here at five um, is obviously a little bit of a gamble. And that's what the entire roster looks like here. I mean, if everybody kind of meets what they're their high side here. Uh, I think this team is unstoppable. I think it wins going away. Uh, but this is a little bit of a gamble in multiple positions here. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, lo- loads of upside across the board here. I think he did a nice job drafting for upside there. V- very well done there. Matt, next up, we've got Mark, who has got a roster of Cam Newton, David Johnson, Chris Carson, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, David Njoku. Curtis Samuel and Mark Ingram, that piece of Sammy Watkins, Debo Samuel, and Justice Hill. Chris, I've got this team ranked ninth here, and and I think they're firmly out of the playoffs here, and I'm really looking at those last three names that you listed here, Njoku, Curtis Samuel, and Mark Ingram. Uh, You know, I think Curtis Samuel is a high upside play here, um, but I think you're a little bit limited here when you've got Cam and Samuel. You know, what happens in in, in a Christian McCaffrey game uh, where Cam and Samuel are sitting there with uh, no touchdowns between them uh, and, and a Panthers loss? And, and I don't I don't think that that's outside the realm of possibilities, you know, given the fact that Christian McCaffrey is a top two, top three pick across any format here. So, you know, no one's denying the amount of touches that Christian McCaffrey is going to get. Uh, and I think that could limit him here. You know, he's got Mark. Ingram here at his last flex spot. Yeah, he's also got Justice Hill, but what happens until one of them takes the reins here and really controls the backfield, which who knows when that's going to happen. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to begin to speculate there. Um, and then David and Joku, I, I'm so far out on him, especially in redraft. I think he's still okay. Carries some value in dynasty type leagues, but um, in a redraft here, I'm staying away from Njoku at all costs. Too many mouths to feed, and I can't imagine that Baker Mayfield's breaking down doors to get the ball to David Njoku. Yeah, man, I actually kind of disagree with you a little bit. I like the build of this team. I think this guy did a pretty nice job here. Um, you know, he, he got you know some value on David Johnson here at six. Uh, Mike Evans coming back is solid. You know. You know, he grabs Chris Carson, who probably wouldn't have been my pick there. I probably would have gone with Jacobs or Aaron Jones. Um, you know, and I like the Tyler Lockett pick there. You know, I, th- I think he did a decent job here. I think, you know, he's even got Marcus Valdez Scantling on the bench. I mean, I think this team, top to bottom, has a real chance. I mean, it, it could certainly break wrong, which I think is kind of how you're projecting it, just just breaking wrong. Which, I mean, that's fine. I mean, you know, they're they're guys who are. You know, like Sammy Watkins and Curtis Samuel and David Njoku. I mean, those three guys, they have major question marks about them. Um, he's got Ingram and Justice Hill, so I love that. You know, he, he's covered either way there. Um, you know, I think he just did a nice job here. I think this team is probably closer to the 6-7 range um, than the 9-10 range. So, I, you know, I, I disagree with you a little bit, but maybe I'm just a little higher on some of these guys than you are. Well, Chris, you mentioned the fact that I, I think that everything's going to break wrong here. I mean, let's talk about the breaks here for each of these question marks here. Chris Carson, what's the percentage? Do you think it's better than 50% that he is fantasy relevant for 16 games? 
I think right now, I mean, how, how can you say otherwise? I, you know, I know they, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm the biggest penny fan in the world. Um, but they are going to run the ball a ton. I mean, both guys could be relevant here with Carson taking the lead. I, I, I think there's a, I, I think Carson, you know, could definitely have, uh, you know, 16 games of value here. Certainly. I think it's, I think it's probably a, a you know, a 60% shot that he is, um, you know, fantasy relevant for 16 games this year. Again, I mean, he wouldn't have been my pick there, but I think it's fine. Like, I think he's okay. I think he's going to be fine. All right. Let's talk in Joku. Is he in eight points per night and half PPR? That's t- yeah. I mean, that's a rough pick there for me. I-, I I like Njoku quite a bit. I think he's got touchdown potential. He's really the only big target in um in Cleveland. Jarvis Landry not a red zone target. Odell Beckham obviously is, but he's a smaller guy. He's not a guy you can throw um you know in the middle of the field jump balls to like David Njoku can. So he's really kind of the only big body target in Cleveland. So I think he does have some touchdown potential here. Um, and it's tight end. Who cares? You can just stream it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Curtis Samuel, is he going to be, uh, and I know your answer, is he going to be the Panthers wide receiver one? Is Cam Newton going to be throwing the ball productively enough to carry your guy, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel here? Yeah. I mean, so I think to me, this is where this guy's season hinges on. It's a Curtis Samuel breakout. And and that's, I mean, where he got him, he got him in the seventh round, um, which is not really a premium pick, but I think, you know, Curtis Samuel's upside with Cam Newton, with that stack is, is sky high. And, And to me, this is really kind of the key player on, on this roster that determines how far this team goes. Um, I mean, there's undeniable question marks about investing into Curtis Samuel, but you know, it it, it could break right for him. I mean, I think, you know, he's the wide receiver two on that team. They're going to be throwing a decent amount. Um, You know, I think it could work out for him, but, but to me, I'm with you. I think this is kind of where this is the one guy I think that his season hinges on. Yeah, I'm not. My money is not on Mark to be making the playoffs here. Who's up next, Chris? Matt, next up we've got Emilio, who's got a starting lineup of Drew Brees, Todd Gurley, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Brown, Stephon Diggs, Jared Cook, Tyler Boyd, and Philip Lindsay. Depth piece of Manny Sanders, Deshaun Jackson, and Albert Wilson. I like this team a lot here, Chris. Uh, I've got this team power ranked fourth right here. Uh, I think this is a tremendous blend, probably one of the best blends of upside and floor uh you know it does have come with a share of question marks here with todd Gurley, of course we don't need to go into that every single night uh but you know it's well documented there josh jacobs being a rookie running back does he come out of the gates i think the touches will be there uh but again it's an oakland offense that uh your guess is as good as mine as to what that's going to be about and then you pair up jacobs with antonio brown i gotta believe there's going to be plenty of nights out there where uh the Oakland Rainers just aren't clicking on all cylinders. So that could be kind of an empty night for both of those guys. Um, but again, I think it's rock solid throughout. Uh, I like Boyd and Lindsay as good a duo here at the back end of a roster. Uh, Al Wilson. I, I said this three shows in a row. I'm saying it again. Uh, if you're in any other leagues, go and get yourself Al Wilson shares. He's going to be a problem this year. He's going to be very good. He's going to be a league-winning type player. You can write that down in stone right now. Uh, so I like this team. It's definitely playoff bound. 
Yeah, I like this team quite a bit, Matt. You know, I'm I'm actually a little surprised you didn't have him higher. He's got, you know, he's solid. He's got, you know, Tyler Boyd and Drew Brees and, and Albert Wilson, guys you re- you're really high on. Um, you know, I think this team is very, very good. Uh, I could see this team cutting down the nets. If I'm picking somebody outside the top three, this is the guy I'm picking. Um you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think this team is very, very good. Um, you know, it, you know, he, he's got Philip Lindsay in that last spot who may not be, uh, what we think he's going to be. I think he may be a little less than he was last year, but listen, he can rotate in Manny Sanders as Sean Jackson or Albert Wilson there. So he's got some depth to work with to fill that last spot. Overall, I think he just did a really nice, he had a really nice draft here. Um, you know, Todd Gurley, it's it's funny, you know, we did months of podcasts where Todd Gurley was falling to the late second round, um, you know, regardless of format. And, you know, in 90 percent of the redraft leagues we've seen, he's an easy top eight pick. I mean, it's it's crazy. So here he is again here. I, I don't know if I would have taken him this early, but again, I mean, I'm fine with it. You know, you've you, you take your stand on Gurley and, and if he hits, you know, you're in great shape. If not, I mean, it's going to be tough to overcome, but, um, you know, he comes back with Antonio Brown. Uh, I, again, I think that's fine for wh- where he took him. He took him right after Devonte Adams and Odell Beckham and right ahead of Mike Evans. That's pretty much right where I'd have Antonio Brown. He grabs Josh Jacobs in the third, again, a nice pick there and, and digs in the fourth to me is tremendous value. Uh, as well as Tyler Boyd in the fifth. I mean, those two picks back-to-back are, are maybe the best value picks of the entire draft. I think he did such a nice job there. Um, and he did a nice job on the back end just getting quality depth. Manny Sanders, Deshaun Jackson, um, Albert Wilson. So j- just a really nice draft here. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Uh, who we got next? Matt, next up we have Matt, who is starting Jameis Winston, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Nook Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Vance McDonald, Amari Cooper, and Miles Sanders. Depth pieces of Latavius Murray, Rashad Penny, and Darrell Henderson. Matt, this is a loaded team. Holy cow. Yeah, that's why I've got him here at number one here. Um, You know, listen, uh, it can't be overstated enough here. Eckler's the key piece here. I mean, how long does he serve as the San Diego Chargers number one back. I mean, as long as he does, this team is virtually unbeatable here. Um, you know, I, I think it's nice that he has Eckler there while Miles Sanders gets his feet wet. Unfortunately, I think he's got to play Miles Sanders here. Maybe he could go with Latavius Murray here. Uh, you know, I'd probably go with uh, Murray instead of Miles Sanders to start the season uh, just to see where Sanders is at. Uh, I, I think Latavius Murray is going to give you the safe floor that you need, at least at the beginning. But listen, the wide receiver core of Nook Hopkins, Devontae Adams, uh, and Amari Cooper. I mean, that's unbelievable. And, you know, Chris and I, you know, we just joined that that redraft today. We're drafting either Wednesday night. Uh, and you said to me, Chris, you know, are, are we cool going wide receiver, wide receiver with our first two? Uh, and I think this is what it looks like, Chris, when it works out. This is a really good team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he just drafted very smartly here. He made sure in the third to to grab a running back he can be confident in in Aaron Jones. And then he doesn't hesitate coming right back with Amari Cooper in the in the fourth. I, and that to me, that's just great value. Um you know, and then after he does that, which is kind of a luxury pick here to get three wide receivers in the first four rounds, he does the very smart thing and take the four of his next five picks are all running backs. Uh, and, and it's Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, Latavius Murray, and Rashad Penny uh, with Vance McDonald in between there. So, you know, that's 
if you're going to go wide receiver early, that's how you've got to do it. You've got to make sure you stack those running backs in the middle rounds. And he just, he just did a great job here. He's got Austin Eckler to get him through um, the, the beginning of the season. And then, you know, when all is said and done, Miles Sanders could be a league winner by the end of the season. So, you know, I think he just did a really, really nice job here. This is just a tremendous draft here. Matt, if we come out of our redraft tomorrow with this team, I'd be very, very happy. Yeah, I like our chance of cutting down the nets just the same way that I like Matt here. Um, you know, could it get dicey down the stretch here when you, you know, let's say Gordon comes back week four, week five, and Eckler's, you know, pretty much unplayable. You know, what do you do? This team looks a lot worse with Latavius Murray in that spot. I think you kind of hope that Darrell Henderson or Rashad Penny uh, takes over that number one job in their respective situations, which could be just monstrous if they do. Um, it's at that point, maybe you think about liquidating a, a wide receiver here and grabbing yourself a, a running back and, uh, you know, a, a lower quality wide receiver. Maybe you ask for a, a Derrick Henry and a Golden Tate, something along those lines. Um, you know, I think that could probably get done for an Amari. And if you got to step up and liquidate Devontae or Hopkins, I don't think I hesitate to do that. But, you know, as it stands right now, I think this team is locked and loaded. And uh, listen, I'm believing more and more that Eckler is going to be reliable for, you know, for more season than not. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I'm on board with this. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I think yeah, if you if you have to, you know, do a two for one here for one of your wide receivers just to get through, um, you do it. But I don't think you're gonna need to. Uh, I think you're in perfect shape here. I mean, very very well done here, Matt. Next up, we've got Turner starting Deshaun Watson, Le'Veon Bell, Derrick Henry, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, Hunter Henry, Dante Pettis, and Tevin Coleman. That piece of Royce Freeman and Kiki Kuti. Where we got this guy? Uh, starts off great, Chris, but again, I just got to knock him down here for this Pettis Tevin Coleman situation here at the end. I've got him power ranked seventh. Um, maybe that's a touch low here. Maybe I'm lower than on Tevin Coleman than I think probably anybody else on the planet here. Um, I just don't think there's going to be enough here for Tevin Coleman to be what Turner needs him to be here. Pettis, I'm kind of slowly more and more out on. Um, as this negative news comes in. Um, so, you know, it, it's those reasons that I'm a little bit out. Listen, I think Derrick Henry comes with his question marks. I think his injury uh, this offseason has really flown under the radar. I, I read a couple reports today that just kind of brought it back to the forefront for me. You know, listen, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be great. Odell Beckham is going to be very good. Brandon Cooks. Uh, listen, seven is just a tough, some tough love ranking right here. Uh, I, I think it's a good team, though. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this team is definitely a playoff contender. I actually think if this team gets into the playoffs, you know, they could be a very tough out here with the studs they have at the top. You know, Bell, OBJ, Cooks, Hunter Henry, Deshaun Watson. I mean, these are all major, major players here. Um, you know, I really like that he grabbed Royce Freeman here in the, uh, let me see here. Is this the 10th? Uh, in the ninth round, he grabbed Royce Freeman, which I think is a really, really nice value pick there. Uh, Royce Freeman's a guy who looks in line uh, to grab quite a bit of carries, um, you know, and, and could eventually be the 70-30 the uh, leader in that split there. I, I, you know, I think 
I think Denver saw their offense last year, you know, with Philip Lindsay, who was, I mean, people forget he was banged up quite a bit last year. He's a smaller guy. I just don't think they want him handling, you know, kind of the, the major workload. And I think, um, I I think Royce Freeman could really benefit this year. To me, that was a really, really nice pick. Um, I I think this team is solid now, you know, top to bottom. Um, he's in good shape. I think he just did a really nice job in this draft. I honestly don't have any, any qualms with any of these picks? I mean, we could we could debate the, the Sean Watson pick, um, but in the fifth round with the board, with how it fell to him, it's really just not a, not many great options here. I mean, you're talking about the Sean Watson or Mike Williams, Kenyon Drake, Darius Geis. I mean, it's it, it's just extremely uninspiring there. So I think that's one of the few spots where I'm actually okay grabbing Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, but other than that, I mean, I don't really find a whole lot wrong with his draft. I think he just did a nice job. Now, every night I try to pick a dark horse, a team that's outside the power ranking playoff situation to possibly win the title. And, uh, you know, for me, it's Turner. I could definitely see him. Like you said, he's very dangerous if he sneaks into the playoffs. Um, but again, uh, I could definitely see it happening where he makes a little run here in the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt about it. Matt, next up, we've got Davis starting Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Mixon, Marlon Mack, Julian Edelman, Julio Jones, Evan Ingram, Will Fuller, and Duke Johnson, debt piece of A.J. Green, Austin Hooper, Golden Tate, and Ronald Jones. Yeah, I've got this team ranked fifth, Chris. I mean, this just screams rock solid throughout. It's got some nice ceiling pieces here with Joe Mixon, Julio Jones. I'll even throw Will Fuller in there. I think Will Fuller is... um, you know, I think he gets knocked back uh, a little bit with, with uh, you know, the, the Houston wide receiver core there. Uh, you know, you've got Duke Johnson here, who I think is a nice little pickup, going to offer a very solid floor uh, for this team. He's got Edelman, who, you know, given that it's half PPR, maybe takes a little bit of a step back. But, um, you know, the reason they're kind of lower than they might be is, you know, it, it looks way different with A.J. Green in this lineup. If A.J. Green comes back week four, week five, I could see this team being a top two, top three team easily with a healthy, productive A.J. Green in the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And he grabs A.J. Green here in the in the let me see here, the seventh round, which is is nice. I think it's a very nice spot. Man, I want to read. I want to highlight this here. I want to read the last six. Seven picks, okay, of this draft for for our guy here, our guy Davis here. He grabbed a kicker with his last pick. Okay, we're giving that an A plus, right? That's when you take a kicker. <laughs> he grabs Nelson Aguilar in in round fifteen. Okay, that's that to me. That's solid. I mean, that's a guy who could be a contributor. Um, he grabs Big Ben the round before that. Perfect. We're giving that an A plus. That's late round quarterback at its finest. He grabs the Texans, which is a little early for the for the for the defense, but you know there was a little run of defenses there. That's it's whatever. It's fine. Um, he grabs Ronald Jones, who has an absolutely a chance to be a contributor. That's that's in the twelfth round. He grabs Golden Tate in the eleventh and Austin Hooper in the tenth. I mean, this is a th- th- this is how you build your back end roster with quality depth. Just solid contributors at the back end, late round quarterback all the way. Um, I mean, he just did a nice job here on the back end. I think that was that's what kind of propels him um, a, as a major playoff contender to me. He's got great depth. Um, he doesn't even have A.J. Green starting right now. If he gets him back, he's going to be in very good shape. Overall, just a really, really nice draft top to bottom. Didn't take a round off, which I love. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more. There's nothing really left to say there. Uh, it's just, you know, is Will Fuller going to give you those spike weeks? Is Duke Johnson going to dominate the carries in Houston? Uh, that your, your your season basically rests in in Houston, I think, at least getting off to a hot start here. But, you know, I like this team. I think it is uh, without question playoff bound, Chris. Who's next? Matt, next up we have BMAC starting Philip Rivers, David Montgomery, Darius Geis, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, George Kittle, Mike Williams, and Corey Davis. That pieces of Tariq Cohen, Cortland Sutton, and Lamar Jackson. Ooh, baby, Chris. This team's ranked 11th. This is a terrible, terrible team here. Um, listen, uh, I mean, I feel only comfortable at, at Mike Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, and George Kittle. After that, I'm shaking. Uh, David Montgomery, uh, a rookie here. You don't love him being your your running back one. Darius guys coming off the injury. Uh, they bring back Adrian Peterson, and I think that tells you all that you need to know about Darius guys in a redraft situation. Uh, you're starting Corey Davis here. Uh, you've got Mike Williams as your other flex guy. Off the bench here, you're bringing Tariq Cohen as your running back three here. Uh, this is not good, Chris. This is bad. Matt, is it possible that this team would be ranked in the top three in 2020? Um, <laughs> like yeah, to me, this is right. like this is a team I would love to have in a dynasty league. Like I think this team is absolutely loaded for next year, um, but it's too young for me for this year. Like I, I'm not counting on major breakout seasons for Mike Williams and Darius Geis um, and even David Montgomery. I mean, this is a team that just skewed a little too young, needed to infuse a little veteran presence into this team. Um, it, it, it's just not ready. I mean, it, I, I hope I hope he can carry this team over for next year. Do you think they'll let him? <laughs> I'll ask Tom, but BMAC may not be the swiftest guy in the, in the lot, so he may have thought this was was a dynasty draft, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it's it's too bad because, you know, this is, uh, I, you know, there's some, you know, as you look through the draft, you know, taking it one round at a time, to me, there are really not many, like, egregious picks. Um, it's just, he just skews too young. And, and, and guys, I think, that are just not going to be ready. Um, you know, I mean, where he takes David Montgomery, you know, I, I don't know where he was going to go if he didn't go wide receiver. Um, you know, the best player on the board was probably Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs. Um, the, ne- the next best running back was Marlon Mack. I mean, maybe you take Marlon Mack ahead of David Montgomery, but he comes with his question marks as well. Um, you know, you, you took George Kittle, you know, three picks before David Montgomery. So all, it would have been all the same running backs on the board here. I just, I think he's in a spot here where, you know, the board just didn't fall to him well. Like, it didn't it didn't look good at every pick. And, you know, I, again, I like, as you look through it, I mean, do you see any, like, really egregious picks? Like, I don't. Um, and so I'm not even sure what I would have done differently here. Uh, maybe it's the Corey Davis pick. Maybe, maybe the Cortland Sutton pick gets changed. But I, I'm not even sure where you go with those two picks. Chris, you know, it probably would have been smart of us to keep data where um... – you know, figuring out what where we had player or owners power rank based on their um, draft position to see where the worst spot was to draft. And I feel like 11th is uh, where we've had a lot of 10, 11, 12 um, power ranks here. So, I, you know, it just seems like the 
the board just falls very crappily here to the person that drafts in the 11th slot. Um, and I think we've seen that across the board here. Uh, you know, compared to the guy who we had ranked number one, Matt, this is what it looks like with going two wide receivers at the beginning uh, goes wrong here. Uh, and, and again, it's just a tale of two drafts here. And again, I, I think we could probably chalk it up to draft position. Don't want to be in the 11th spot. Yeah, you know, I, I can remember at least two other drafts that we we just didn't like that that came out of that eleven spot. So, so you may be right, honestly, that they, it could just be kind of a, a really tough spot to draft out of, um, you know, this year, and that's that's a shame. But you know, it is what it is. You got to kind of roll with the punches, as they say. Matt, last but not least, we have G, who is starting Matt Ryan, Nick Chubb, Kenyon Drake, Tyreek Hill, Robert Woods, O.J. Howard, Marvin Jones. Peyton Barber with a depth piece of Muhammad Sanu. Yikes, Chris. Another uh, team here that struggled. Uh, I've got this team power ranked 10th. Uh, and I, the only reason that they're not lower is because we've got BMAC and Justin in this league who uh, – uh, drafted worse than he did. But listen, he's starting Marvin Jones. He's starting Peyton Barber. We'll start there as two guys that you don't really love. His, his RB2 is Kenyon Drake, which is just loaded with question marks in a in a terrible, terrible offense. Uh, and Chris, it all went wrong with his Matt Ryan pick, which might be one of the worst picks we've seen in uh, our, our redraft analysis over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, that is really, really bad here in the in the back of the third round here. Um, I mean, take your pick of literally any of the, the position players that go off the board in the next, I don't know, three rounds. I, I would have rather had all of them ahead of Matt Ryan here. I mean, it, it's it's really not good. Uh, uh, you just can't take them there. I mean, you had Marlon Mack sitting on the board, David Montgomery, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs. Um, yeah, I mean, that's bad. And then, you know, to come back with, with more question marks like Kenyon Drake, um, and, and Peyton Barber, uh, you know, in those, in the sixth and the eighth round, uh, it's, it's not good. I mean, that's why this team is ranked 10th. I, you know, I could make a case for them to be 12th, Matt. So I see where you could, you know, 10, 11, 12, I think are all ranked together. Uh, you know, that, that's your bottom tier. Yeah, I'll show you my scribbles. I've had I had all three of them occupying those last three spots uh, at some point during today's uh, stuff. So uh, that's where we're at right now. Chris, let me run through the power rankings one last time. Uh, topping it off at number one, we've got Matt. At two, we've got Tom. At three, we've got Delach. At four, we've got Emilio. Five, we've got Davis. Six, we've got Kenya. Seven, we've got Turner. Eight, we've got Tony. Nine, we've got Mark. Ten, we have G. And 11, we have BMAC. And 12, we have Justin. Love it, Matt. Love it. Yeah, so that's where we're at right now. I think you could probably lock those things in. Uh, if you're at the bottom of the rankings here, I think it's time to be a little proactive, make some moves. Uh, you know, redraft is tough, though, Chris. I mean, it's it's really difficult to, you know, not let the season get away. But, I mean, if you don't make the right trade early, uh, you know, the season will definitely get away from you. So you got to figure out what you're chasing and uh, what's the best way to go after it. But, you know, listen, it's a longstanding league here coming up on uh, almost the 20th anniversary coming up the next couple of years here. Uh, awesome. Good group of guys have had the chance to meet a couple of these knuckleheads. Um, you know, it should be a great league. I know it always is. 
Yeah, absolutely, Matt. You know, you said it right here. You know, in redraft, I think you give yourself four weeks. I, and to me, I play it a little more aggressively. I give myself three weeks to see where I'm sitting. Um, if I'm two and one or better, uh, you know, but I have low, I have low points scored. I'm going to shake, shake up my lineup. If I'm worse than that, if I'm sitting at one and two, um, you know, I, Again, I'm shaking up my lineup. I'm, I'm just sending out a million trades. I've got to do something. Um, listen, you, you only get one shot at it per season. So to me, it's all about playing aggressive and redraft, making those trades, navigating the season, getting those waiver wire pickups, guys you feel strong about. You know, sometimes one move is, is absolutely enough to kind of just shake the balance, uh, you know, in a yearly league like this. So, you know, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about going forward. And, uh, you know, good luck to everybody. Yeah, good luck to everybody, and shame on you, Delach. Good night.